Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. What an honor to be here. Thank you, Pastors Bill and Aunt Dee, as I've called her since I was eight years old. That's Aunt Dee, that's not Pastor Dee, that's Aunt Dee. And I wanna get, I wanna thank you for allowing me to be here and I wanna give um, the utmost gratitude and respect and love to my parents, Timothy and Sonia Gore, who are on the first floor, first row. And congratulations to you. You guys have worked hard and you deserve to be here. One thing that's been on my mind all week, this has been a rough week. I had to take a mental health uh, day on Friday. I think that, you know, you deal with cancer day in and day out, and it's emotionally and physically draining. But then this week, all the high-profile deaths and people who think that it's too much and I can't do this and it's over. It's not over. He did not say (laughs) it's not over. He didn't say it would be easy. He didn't say it would be easy. He said, I will never leave you and forsake you. And I need you to remember that. Whatever you're going through, I don't even know what's going on with all these people. I'm here to talk to the graduates, but whatever is going on, you can get through it. And um, there was a scripture on my heart. I woke up on Friday, I learned of Anthony Bourdain's death, and then I saw it on Facebook, and then Instagram, and then my mom texted me a scripture. And so I said, okay, I guess she really wants me to, the Lord really wants me to know this. Isaiah 43. I never really look in Isaiah, to be completely honest. I know the word, but I'm never really in Isaiah. But Isaiah 43, 1. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. He created you. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about you. What are you afraid of? What are you running from? I don't know what you're doing, but he is there for you. He created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Your life is not yours. Who are you to go out and take it before you've done everything he told you to do? Really? Ask for help. There's help, but ask for help. He is with you. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. And it's so difficult to hear that and read that and believe that because that sounds great. That's like the best, that's like the best thing I've heard when she read out my biography. That sounds really great. But to go through hell, like I don't even know. It was hell. It was hard. No one tells you how hard it's going to be. No one warns you for people to be out for you. I felt like David. I'm like, people have it out for me. People don't like me. There was someone who tried to get me kicked out of residency. It's five years. I was in the middle of my fourth year. And for someone to decide that they don't want you there for whatever reason. And then there is a doctor. His name is Dr. Richard Keene. He's at Cook County Hospital in Chicago, one of the places where I trained. 
One day, my pager was just blowing up. I had three pagers on me, three pagers plus my cell phone. So I said, someone is really trying to find me. What's going, why are all the pagers going off at one time? He's the head over all of surgery at Cook County Hospital. He's a vascular surgeon, still is. He pulls me into the executive suite. He locks the door, closes the blinds. He says, we are not supposed to be here. You are not supposed to be talking to me right now. I felt like my program, it was solid. Rush University was solid, but it was flighty. I call it Saul. It was kind of flighty. It was kind of crazy. Um, but he said, they are out to get you. I don't know why they have it out for you, but I am here with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to protect you. You never know who's going to be the David, I mean, the Jonathan to your David. So be gracious. Praise God anyway. David, pray. I, always, I actually named my car, I named my car David. My mom said, why did you name your car David? I said, because Jesus loved David. The Lord loved David. <laughs> I was like, the Lord loved David. You never know who's going to be the Jonathan to your David. So be gracious. Praise him anyway. Praise him through the storms. Keep rolling. There is nothing anyone can do to deter you or put you down or tell you what you're not going to do. I was almost finished. Imagine almost being at the finish line and someone is trying to shut you down. That's so hurtful. That's so nasty. But you know what? God has the last word. And whatever you are trying to do, you got to remember that. So I got my whole little speech. I'm going to read my speech. But I had to get that out there. I had to let you guys know. He won't leave you. He will not leave you. He didn't say it would be easy, but he said he would never leave you. <sighs> All right, let's go back on script. I got the call to um, give remarks, and I was so overwhelmed with joy. I love this couple so much. They've known me literally my entire life. But then I thought to myself, what could I possibly say to you, the graduates and the members of this congregation, knowing that I had other goals that I wanted to reach and other things that I felt like I needed to do. I had actually just gotten off a flight when I received the call. And after I took the phone off of airplane mode, I, do what I, I did what I always did. I called my mom, because I call her for everything. <laughs> and uh, it's funny she said this, because uh, Elder Gilstrap said it to me this morning when I was talking about how nervous I was. And my mom recalled the words of Mordecai, who said, who's to say? you're not called for such a time as this. And I say the same thing to you. Who's to say you are not called for such a time as this? And so then it was a done deal. I was like, all right, I have to accept. I can't say no, that's, that's Pastor Bill and Aunt Dee. I gotta say yes. <laughs> so I'm thrilled to be in front of you and tell you parts of my story. I did not come from a family of doctors and I think I'm actually the only physician in my family that I know of. But we all remember being in grade school when everyone says, so what do you want to be when you grow up? It gets annoying, right? From like kindergarten on, everyone's always like, what you want to do? What you, be? What you doing with your life? First of all, none of their business. You're going to do whatever the Lord, <laughs> you're going to do whatever the Lord told you you wanted to do. But I wanted to be everything. I wanted to be a lawyer. I liked arguing. I wanted to be a teacher. One Christmas I got, uh, some of y'all too young, you might not remember, the Kenya doll, right? It was like the early 90s, but I loved her because she came, she was revolutionary. She came with her own hair grease. So I was like, I'm going to be a hairstylist. Like, this is going to be amazing. And then growing up, my mom made these beautiful dresses for us. And with the scraps, I would make clothes for my Barbie dolls. So I said, okay, I'm going to be a fashion designer. So as you see, I went through everything. And then I got it in my head. I wanted to be a physician, and I did not let that go. 
along the way they encouraged me, be it helping me with my AP studies or taking out that loan, unbeknownst to me, so that I could attend this really snazzy, expensive summer pre-med program out of state. Looking back, I remember something that I don't even think my dad remembers because it was so minute. He was showing me how to check oil levels one day and how to put oil in my old hand-me-down car. And he said, I'm putting the oil in the reservoir. He says, look at that. Your hands are so steady. Those are the hands of a surgeon. I had to have been in high school, maybe my junior year, but he spoke so much life into me without even realizing it. I knew I wanted to be a doctor, but I had no idea I wanted to be a surgeon. So I, made, so I worked hard. I made the grades, went to my college of choice. Early in the first semester, freshman year, I go to the pre-med advisor. Her name is Dr. Thompson in Greenville, South Carolina at Furman. So I'm thinking I'm going to get some advice on classes. And she says, uh, I don't think you're cut out for medicine. I think you need to just go ahead and change majors. <laughs> what? It's, it's like the third week of school. Like, I'm, I just got here. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, how, why? Like, I'm looking for some guidance on classes. I'm not really looking for an indictment on my future right now. Like, I just need some help, you know? But the race isn't given to the swift, right? And it's not necessarily given to the smartest. Approximately 15 black students started out as pre-med at Furman in my class and I was the only one that finished pre-med. Later on, this same woman who told me that I need to quit and just go do something else would come to me for advice about how to help other students get summer pre-med programs. It's funny how things change, right? So don't, don't stop what you're doing. You do what the Lord told you to do. Which leads to my first point and a lesson I had to learn very quickly. Be mindful of the messages you receive and accept. Don't allow messages of defeat to enter your headspace. Don't allow people to fill you with negative energy. Don't allow others' insecurities to be projected onto you. You are not who the world says you are. You are exactly who God told you you are. And you have to remember that. So in college, I started writing out my dreams and my goals. And at this point, I wasn't even really thinking about the spiritual implications of that. I just knew that people do it for everything else, right? They write down, you know, what they want in the car, what they want in their man, all these other things. So I was like, all right, why wouldn't I do this for, you know, what my personal and professional goals are? My second point is to write your vision. Write your vision. Habakkuk 2, verses 2 and 3 says, write down the vision, write it clearly, so that whoever reads it can tell it to others. I told everybody. They've known since I was, since I was eight years old <laughs> what I wanted to do. It is not yet time for the message to come true, but that time is coming soon. The message will come true. It may seem like a long time, but be patient. It will not be delayed. So I had this long list of things I wanted to do. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to do this. Boom, I'm going to go to school here. I had the nerve to write down the cities where I wanted to be. So I got like really specific. One of my dreams was to live in New York. 17 whole years later and God actually gave me the desires of my heart. Be patient, it will, it will happen. Write it down, don't forget it, meditate on it, pray on it. 
So I got what I wanted, including that seemingly random trip to New York City. So the, but the people that knew me knew I always wanted to go to New York. But everybody else was like, you're from Georgia. You grew up in Stone Mountain. Why do you come home? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you always everywhere? Just sit down and be settled. But no, you got to do what God told you to do. Amen. Write your vision. So I'm rolling through college, and it's time to apply to medical school. But life comes at you real fast, doesn't it? Reality hit me with the headline. I was not accepted. Like, don't be fooled by the biography. I was not accepted to medical school the first time I applied. I was not accepted to medical school the first time I applied. Excuse me, sir? I thought we talked about this. I've been telling you since I was eight, I'm going to be a doctor. What do you mean I'm not going to medical school? You lied to me. Don't get cocky. Don't be telling Jesus he lied to you. Just because he didn't give it to you when you wanted him to give it to you doesn't mean he lied to you. And that's something I really had to come to grips with. I'm very impatient. If Ryland says she wants it, give it to me right now. That's That's not how that works, though. So imagine how hurtful and devastating that is for someone where, everyone, where everything has always been yes. The girl who's been telling everyone who would listen, oh, she's go- I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. I felt that I proved myself at every turn where the naysayers right. But you must also remember, like I said, man's no isn't God's no. I had to regroup and figure out what I was doing, though. So I had a friend in college who was on his way to Washington, D.C., D.C. also to get a master's degree in public health. He knew some of my goals and said, you know what? I think you should do this. Maybe you should, you should apply. You should come to D.C. with me. And I was like, okay, fine. But then I looked back at my goals, and this was actually on my list. You don't know which order or which route God wants to send you. You just have to be open to it. Be open to it. So I ended up in D.C. at, at George Washington University. That experience really stretched me. I worked in a law firm full-time during the day, and I went to school full-time at night. That was hard, y'all. You know how hard that is? It's hard. It's hard. But you know what? I still had growing to do. Just because I thought I was ready doesn't mean I was ready. I had to perfect my study habits. I had to retake the medical school admissions test. I was always focused, but graduate school really taught me discipline, setting a schedule for myself, being where I said I was going to be, doing what I said I was going to do. Are you prepared to do that? These are lessons that you got to learn. Working for those attorneys taught me the value of time. Time is precious, y'all. Don't waste it. Don't go piddling about when you got things to do and responsibilities that you have to take care of. So eventually, after I proved myself, they gave me more responsibility outside of being just a receptionist, and I ended up helping them with um, estate planning and investments. And I also learned something really important about myself. I learned that you cannot be mediocre and expect excellent results. I had to really think about myself. I had to really turn the mirror on myself. Is my best really the best? Like, are you really putting your best foot forward, Rylan? Did I really do everything I could have done in college to show the Lord that I was actually ready to be responsible for other people's lives? 
Probably not. So I got my act together. I always depended on being smart, but that time, it wasn't good enough. So I reapplied to medical school after finally getting my little act together, and I was actually accepted. But I think that that acceptance was because I showed that I was ready. I had to change my work habits. The Lord wasn't really trying to put new wine in old wineskins. The deeper I get into my career and my life, the more I realize that I need God. And the more I realize I need to protect the gifts and the vision that he gave me. And the same will be true for you. Like I said, I had this one surgeon who really tried to get rid of me. General surgery residency is brutal. It's five years. I'm working 100, 120, 130 hours a week. No breaks. <laughs> you go home, your phone starts blowing up again. I need you to come back to the hospital. It's really hard. So I'm working all day, working all day. Barely, I don't even know how I made it through the day. I think just lots of coffee. Um, but also spending many nights crying out to God. What are you doing? Why do you have me here? Like, why am I here? I'm in Chicago. I don't have any family up here. It's just me in Lake Michigan. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, why am I here? But, you know, I was there for a reason. You meet so many people who protect you and help you. Like I said, I found the Jonathan to my David. And what's in the name? What's in your name? My integrity, work ethic, and character spoke for itself. Another thing I realized is that the moves that you make sometimes and the decisions you make and the conversations you have with God, those are for you and God. Everyone doesn't need to know what you're doing. You don't have to post on Instagram, making moves, doing this, blah, 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 making money, da, 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 da. Who cares? Dude, it's, that's between you and Jesus. Everything doesn't have to be on social media. Everyone doesn't need to be privy to what you're doing and everything God told you. In Genesis 15, after the Lord promised Abram that he was going to bless him, and make his descendants as plenty as the stars in the sky, he told Abram to bring him all these animals. Bring me a ram, bring me a goat, bring me a calf, a turtle dove, for a sacrifice. Abram does what's asked of him, kills the animals, cuts all of them in half except for the birds, and he sacrifices them. What's often overlooked, but it's one of my favorite verses, it's verse 11, what stood out to me one day that is, it says, vultures swooped in to try and eat the carcasses of his sacrifice, but he chased them away. Who is swooping in on your sacrifices and gifts to God? Are you chasing them away? If we're going to honor God with our gifts, we have to value them and protect them. One thing I do every day, every time I go into the operating room, I go in, while they're, you know, taking care of the patient, doing whatever, I go into a corner, I pray. I say, touch my mind. It's the same thing every time, too. I'm a creature of habit. Touch my mind. Touch my heart. Touch my hands. This is the gift you gave me. This is the sacrifice I made, and this is the gift you gave me. So be glorified. This is my worship to you. Me operating is my worship to you.
Protect your gifts. Work hard and protect your gifts. I think I'm running short on time. I, I said I was going to keep it kind of swift. But I want to leave you with a few thoughts. Be disciplined and set a code of conduct for yourselves that you will be proud of. Be a person of your word and do what you say you're going to do and be where you say you're going to be. Be kind to others, for some have entertained angels without realizing it. You will be tested, but push forward. Your character will be assassinated, but push forward. You will cry and question what you're doing, but remember that weeping endures for a night, sometimes many, but joy always comes in the morning. You will want to give up. I almost quit. The only reason I didn't quit, I actually was sending an email. I was sending morning conference. We had morning conference every Wednesday and Thursday, 6.30 and 6.45 a.m. respectively. I'm typing up an email. I was ready to let it go. I was like, these people are crazy. I'm done. I'll go figure something else out. I'll figure it out tomorrow. I'm going to go take a vacation. And I was sending off the email, almost hit send. And then one of the other doctors who I was actually close with was like, Rylan! All excited. I was like, what's wrong with him? Rylan, come over here. I got to tell you something. This is crazy. I was like, you know what? He is disturbing me from quitting. (laughs) (laughs) But then for someone to bring you over to them and say, you know what? I was thinking about you. I know it's hard, but don't give up. You can do it. I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) Fine. I'll keep going then. Since he's over here making me not send my little email. You will want to give up, but don't. Always look onward, but more importantly, look upward. When you think you have made it, remember whom your help comes from. Be proud of what you've accomplished, because every last person in this room is exceedingly proud of you. Celebrate, but then get back to work. And I know uh, we're in church, but one of my favorite songs is by Aerosmith. and says the following words, and I submit them to you. Live and learn from fools. There's some good. There's some good words in that song. Live and learn from fools and sages. Sing for the laughter and sing for the tears. That's what David did. That reminds me of David. He sang for the laughter and the tears. Dream on. Dream until your dreams come true. And with that, I leave you with the following words. One of my favorite scriptures: The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Congratulations, class of 2018. (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.